Warning, two researchers have now demonstrated practical attacks against the RC4 software stream cipher, which is widely used for corporate Wi-Fi security, as well as for transport layer security, which is designed to prevent online eavesdropping. Hi, I'm Matthew Schwartz, Executive Editor for Information Security Media Group. I'm speaking with security expert Alan Woodward, who's a visiting professor of computer science at Surrey University, and he's also a cybersecurity advisor to Europol, and he says it's high time for everyone to ditch RC4. Alan, this announcement seems to follow a recent spate of warnings to avoid all types of widely used yet insecure software. There really is a list, quite a growing list of these things. You start to wonder why on earth is new equipment, for example, even fitted with it. In this whole point about backward compatibility, I mean, Flash, it's quite interesting, like with Mozilla, just, just can't use it anymore. It's disabled by default, which is great. Java, I think, is just about dead. RC4, you just wonder to yourself, why is it still in the encryption suites? There's been so much about it for the last two years. And now with this latest paper, they've shown directly how both Wi-Fi and TLS can be corrupted or subversive because of it. But also, it's interesting that when you buy a new router and it still comes with WEP, for example, you think, why? <laughs> why would somebody set still ship with that? But on top of that, this week we get a lot of reports that a lot of consumers and businesses are still using Windows XP, and a lot of businesses have yet to migrate off of Windows Server 2003. And absolutely, I mean, hopefully people realize that if they're still using XP, they need some proper paid support, because if they don't, you know, they're in trouble. And we know it's a problem. I mean, it's not just sort of the academic papers like this. I mean, we saw, for example, with the vulnerability that was in TLS recently, where people that downgrade to export strength encryption. I mean, again, why ship it with that? I mean, I know it's for backwards compatibility, and there's going to be a few thousand people who can't use it, but hopefully it will just force them to go to something that's actually secure. Whereas at the moment, we're in this position where everything's at the lowest common denominator. And unfortunately, some of that can be 10 years or more from the past. But it seems like there's just an ever-increasing list that organizations have to keep track of now, things they shouldn't be running. And if you let any one of those drop, you're potentially in trouble. Exactly. But I mean, to paraphrase Oscar Wilde on his quote about losing one parent, bad luck, but two looks like a problem. I mean, it used to be another week, another flash vulnerability. It's, it's every day now we're seeing a new one. I mean, admittedly, a lot of it's because they're, they're all stored up by the hacking team. Get to the point where you think this is just... It's too full of holes. You know, why, why do it? We, we could send a spaceship to Pluto. Why can't we do without flush, for God's sake? It seems to me that in this sort of striving to be backwardsly compatible, we're just leaving potential holes there that, that absolutely needn't be there. So you think that people need to be a lot more rigorous about what they rip and replace from the enterprise? Absolutely. In the upgrade process, for so long, people were... And I can understand why we've developed the culture of it, because vendors were... For a long time, I mean, I'm old enough to remember sort of back in the, you know, the 90s and noughties when vendors were criticised that every time there was an upgrade, it meant the old stuff didn't work anymore. So they religiously made sure that things were backwardly compatible. But there comes a point where something's so badly broken, you just need to rip it out. We've seen so much of it misused now that we should err on the side of caution. And maybe vendors should be, you know, the pendulum should swing back the other way and they should just err on the side of caution and things like RC4 and Java, Flash, just rip it out. Just stop it being used. If somebody wants to use it, make them actively go and get it and install it. Don't just have it there by default, such that somebody might be able to misuse it. 
Are there any other types of technology that you would recommend that enterprises nuke sooner rather than later? The rest of it is more to do with the internet infrastructure. There are legacy problems that are catching us all out. And they're things that are not getting much press, but are really quite serious. Things like BGP. I mean, most of it's in the routing side. Things like BGP, for example where it's constantly being attacked, and yet it's essential for cross-border routing. I mean, why we can't develop something new, I, I really don't know. But there's also other things, like you take DNS, for example. Obviously, DNS is what makes the Internet into the web. You can't do away with it. But why allow it to be configured, and often by default as well, such that it can then be used in these amplification attacks, which are behind these huge denial-of-service attacks? It's almost like it's going back to this, the thing that Microsoft developed in their sort of trustworthy computing phase, which was all about secure by default, basically. You have to turn it on rather than turn it off. So if there's something that could potentially be misused, have it turned off by default, or ideally just don't have it there at all. What does the hacking team dump tell us about undiscovered, publicly anyway, zero days that might still be out there that some surveillance software vendor is sitting on and letting its customers use. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it is quite noticeable. I mean, if you look at what most of the zero days that have come out are to do with Java and Flash. They're obvious targets. And they're also so easy to use with phishing and spear phishing attacks as well. It's a well-known attack vector. So they've obviously just gone to town on it. That's a relatively small operation, the hacking team. In the dump, somebody's finding a new one almost every day in there. But it's nearly always Flash. Who knows what else is out there? And likewise, the things that are slightly more vulnerable, you know, that we're starting to understand. Flash, we've kind of known for a while. Anybody with any sense has got Flash turned off. And indeed, Apple called it right ages ago when they said, no, we're going to have HTML5, not Flash. Although I have to say HTML5 is not without its problems. But HTML5 was supposed to be more secure out of the box, right? There are a few tags in HTML5 which can be abused to sort of have other bits of content come to your browser that you don't necessarily realize are coming. They're sort of advertisers, so malvertising is a possible... I mean, I think we're still yet to see that because it's you know, there's so much low-hanging fruit to do with Flash. And frankly, that's why most of the zero days we see are around Flash or other bits and pieces in some of the older browsers. But anything that's got complexity is going to be a potential target. I mean, that's one of the reasons why, for example, I think what lies behind Microsoft getting rid of Internet Explorer and basically slimming for for Windows 10, they're having a much slimmer, much more streamlined, simpler browser because obviously there is a relatively steady stream of vulnerabilities found in Internet Explorer as well. And if you go for something that's more Chrome-like, really stripped down, it's just much easier because it's simpler to keep it secure. I think people are starting to adopt that in that I think what vendors are starting to learn is that having all this extra functionality and extra capability isn't always welcomed by users. I mean, you take something like something as simple as a word processor, that that word, I mean, the vast majority of the functionality in there is not used. It's never used by a a typical user. So why have it? How many users actually use macros? And yet it's a really good attack vector. Obviously, Microsoft have got that turned off by default, you know, and if you try and run a macro, it actually warns you. It's one of those things where I think people are going for simplicity because actually security is becoming so important and simpler things are just much easier to secure. Alan, thanks for your insights. For ISMG, I'm Matthew Schwartz. Thank you for joining us.